Hey there, good morning. This is Jake J. Thomas coming to you live. No, it's not live. <laughs> That's how they begin the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Pretending that it's live and then arguing about it not being live. It's hilarious and I love it. Those guys are so funny. Great podcast. I'm not coming to you live. I'm coming to you recorded from Santa Cruz on a Sunday morning. This is Jake J. Thomas of Jake J. Thomas Photo, bringing you another episode of the Dialogic Podcast. Uh, yesterday, I listened to The World Between Us, and that's written by Ta-Nehisi Coates and read by him on the audiobook, and I highly recommend it. And yesterday, while well, I was... In the first part of the book, after the first chapter, I had finished driving over the hill and I took a moment to pause and reflect on what I was listening to and what it was making me think and feel. And I just listened to it and I like it on its own. This was going to be part two, but I think I'm going to release that just as a standalone podcast and this will be my follow up to that. Because I finished the book. It's not a long book, but it's a powerful book. And it's a book that can make you make you cry, can make you feel things, it can make you think about things. It's not a funny book. It's a powerful book. But I also, since then, have had a little bit of time to listen to some interviews and to acquaint myself with the... Uh, debate surrounding the book and surrounding the author. And I know I'm a, I'm a little bit late on this, but it was published in 2015. You know, that was after I was already finished with my PhD in literature and was starting a business, raising a daughter. I've been busy, so I don't feel bad about being late and I don't think it's less relevant now. I think it's very timely, it's very important to talk about now. So I just wanted to dig in a little bit to some of the things I think about the book and try to help um, explain where I'm coming from and maybe to shed a little bit of light on what that kind of a writer means to a culture like ours. So first of all, the controversy surrounding Mr. Coates is that he got into a Twitter feud with Cornell West, who is you know, a great mind, a great thinker, a professor, a writer, someone who... I've looked up to and admired their work for a long time. Um, I guess Cornell West, the short of it is that he was taking, West was taking Coates to task for being, I think he called them a fetish of neoliberalism, that somehow he was just satisfying this white guilt wanting to be down with the man, kind of like 
you know, th these are my own words, but this is what I got out of it, is saying that there's a group of neoliberals who want to perform the idea of, of uh, a desire for reconciliation. They want to perform, you know, something that Joe Rogan would call virtue signaling. I'm more virtuous than you because I like Ta-Nehisi Coates, this and that. First of all, let me point out or make clear, if that's what it seems like I'm doing, that's not what I want to do. That's nothing I care about. If you find me to be virtuous or not is not relevant to me. I'm just trying to make sense of this culture and to make sense of my part in it and to make sense of my own mind. And when I listened to the book, it resonated with certain things about how I feel very deeply. You know, it caused me to shed tears. It caused me to think about friends who are dead. It caused me to think about friends who are not doing well. It caused me to think about growing up in a racist culture. It caused me to think about all of that and more. It caused me to think about being a father and what that means. It caused me to think about being a writer and what that means, being an artist and what that means, being a person who's traveled to different cities and seen that things are different in different places and what that means. And that's what I think a good work of literature can do. That's why I love literature. You know, before I got into a PhD program, that's what I used literature for. Now, unfortunately, once you're in a graduate program, the rigors of a graduate program are such that you don't have the, <clears throat> the luxury to use literature for what you want. Or maybe I just didn't have enough force in my arguments. But my experience was when you study literature at the graduate level, it takes all the joy out of it. It takes all of the emotion out of it. They're trying to make it into some sort of pseudo-science. They're trying to make it some sort of thing that they can justify when they're competing for budgets against computer programmers, against engineers, against biologists and people who are dealing with hard science. And I feel like that's a mistake because I think that they're taking the most powerful part of art and literature and saying that we can't enjoy it, we can't talk about it, we can't, we can't even experience it. We need to dissect it, we need to theorize it, we need to put it in its context, we need to make sure that we are taken seriously above all else. And I feel like that's just a, it's a mistake because for one, it's the most powerful part of art and literature, the ability to make us feel something, the ability to connect us to other people who are not of the same set of circumstances. And, you know, then we can empathize with people. It, emotional intelligence 
is is seriously underrated in academia. Let me just say that. And to me, that's a shame because that's part of what we need as humans. We need to learn how to be better humans, which means we need to be more emotionally intelligent. If we can't self-reflect on how we feel, if we can't understand why we like certain things, even if they're taboo, even if they're controversial, if we can't do that, if those subjects are taboo, if the very sphere of feeling is taboo and you can only find it in something like the idea of a structure of feeling, I mean, give me a break. Everyone who's alive feels. It's such a fundamental part of the human experience. And the humanities, if we don't deal with that in the humanities, where do we deal with that? It's a shame, you know, that's one thing I would like, how I am critical of and I would like to express is the way that academia misses the boat on human emotion. You know, the only place that happens at all is in the art department, in the music department, where creativity is valued. And anyone who's had enough experience in those departments can tell you that that is not to be taken for granted. It's not easy. And there's a great deal of politics involved in that as well. But back to what the, the debate, the controversy surrounding this book, surrounding this person, surrounding this artist is and has been Cornel West criticized him for not thinking deeply enough about capitalism, about the military-industrial complex, about certain structural things that affect other social groups. And I'll be honest, that's what I was thinking as I was listening to it as well. I was thinking how, how right on he is about certain things about race, how poignantly he can point to the experience of race, you know, and it's like Zora Neale Hurston's essay, How It Feels to Be Colored Neat, and that subjective experience, their eyes are watching God. I think that she represents a tradition that he belongs to, because it's about it's about the subjective experience of blackness. Toni Morrison as well. And when we read these books, when we encounter these minds, it gives us opportunity to empathize. As the refrain from my last podcast was, can you imagine how it would feel to have a black son? And I think that Mr. Coates has done that brilliantly in a way that better than anyone I've ever experienced before and uh, because of the power of that writing I don't feel like it's right to take anything away from him you know it's like I'm an artist though so I value the art over the criticism I think that the art is more important than the way that we talk about it so, 
Hats off to you, Mr. Coates. Show you my bad hair. <laughs> and, uh, I think you did a great job. I think you have a stellar achievement. But I do understand what people are saying, that the limitations to it might be, but I mean, why would we expect a work of art to do everything? You know, and in interviews I've listened to, that's how Mr. Coates has responded. That's how he's replied, is that he feels that he's a writer, not an activist, and that certain things that are being asked of him are more appropriate to ask of an activist. But I think that what we don't want to miss is the fact that he has done something supremely important, which is give us the opportunity to empathize with the set of experiences that are not our own, but are fundamental to our culture and to who we are. If you want to be a stronger person, if you want to be a more whole person, listening to that book, reading that book, reflecting on what it says and, and feeling how it feels, how he feels, feeling a little bit of how he feels is good for you. You know, it's a vitamin that we ought to, we ought to take. I'm recommending it highly. Um, you know, and it's like Cornel West, the last thing I really read of his was Race Matters. And I'm not here to criticize him at all. I think he's a great mind, a great thinker, and a strong person. But I'm wondering why? What's the purpose of the attack? You know, especially when. I've never been as moved by you as I have been by Mr. Coates. So Mr. West, Dr. West, what is your, what is the nature of your gripes with him? What, why the beef? You know, it seems like, do you feel like it's a misleading? Do you feel like when you call it a fetish, do you feel like it's something that's just done for the pleasure of neoliberal white people to make themselves feel better? You know, I, I don't understand. So I'm going to look more deeply into it and see if I can dig up some of your answers and some of your reasoning. But that's my initial response to the debate is that if I had to pick a side, I'm siding with Mr. Coates. And that's because I feel like he's done something... <clears throat> extraordinarily difficult and extremely powerful and as an artist as a writer he's given me that feeling that I always have whenever I experience what I consider to be great art which is the idea that it can be done the idea that you can explain a culture you can explain a life you can explain your own experience successfully you know and it's nothing can be explained in as far as the totality of our situation there's always more to it which is why it's 
important for other artists and writers to be inspired by something like that because everyone's story is different. And if I successfully tell my story, then Mr. Coates listens to it and reads it, then he might get a different insight into a different part of our culture. And we might be a little bit stronger, we might be a little bit closer, we might be a little less dysfunctional. You know, the work that we do to move away from violence and towards civility is important work. And I think that's the work that Mr. Coates has done. That's the work that I want to be a part of. And yes, I believe there are changes that need to be made. So I also respect Dr. West. Now, the thing that I think is so interesting about our time and so interesting about our culture is that if Donald Trump has illuminated anything, it's that there is a huge section of our country that represents themselves as white, has bought into the myth of whiteness, that is part of the story of race, but that are so disenfranchised and disempowered that this, it's not a competition as to who's more disenfranchised, but that certainly the power structures that be have used race to hide class. That would be the way I would say it. There's, we have more in common as people who are not part of the ruling class. We have more in common as people who have been subject to power. And we just have much more com in common generally, culturally. You know, one of the experiences of slavery is being involuntarily uprooted from one's homeland and brought to another place. And that families have been broken up and there's no continuity, there's no lineage, there's no historical precedences to, to rely upon. So everyone is kind of fending for themselves, but that's also the case with lots of white people. Huge portions of white culture do not understand their history, do not understand where they've come from, have no roots. Their culture is on Facebook, their culture is on Amazon, you know, it's, it's not this deep thing, it's not this rooted source of sustenance, it's nothing that we can drink water from, it's something full of poison and pitfalls, and, and because of that, I think we have a lot more in common than we might think, and I understand Mr. Coates's idea that the poor disenfranchised whites have racism and this concept of white supremacism as 
a defense against looking at that part of themselves. And that because they use that defense, and because they're used by that defense, they become enemies. These groups become dangerously opposed. But I think that part of what we can do is to understand where people are coming from, to understand that in every social group in this country, white, black, Chicano, Asian American, every single social group that you could think of, queer, straight, bi, whatever it may be, we have these fundamental similarities. We have these things that keep us united and bonded in common. And that's what I think art can do. That's one of the powerful effects of literature. And I wish that we had more of that happening in the universities. And I wish that we had more of that happening in popular culture. I hope that we start to move in that direction. And so I just want to end today's podcast by saying thank you, Mr. Coates. Thank you, Dr. West. I appreciate the dialogue that you've created. I appreciate the discourse that you've generated. And I hope that We keep it going. I hope there's more. I hope that we have the opportunity to share more of what it's been like, what it's felt like, what our fears have been, what our most painful moments have been, what our hopes are. I hope that we get to continue to share these things and that through sharing them, we become more of a group overall as, as people on this hemisphere as Americans, North and South, from Alaska to Chile, the whole hemisphere is one big island and it's a one big planet. And we really need to be working towards just being human, and understanding that things that happened in South Africa are similar to things that happened in Mississippi and that we can recover there can be reconciliation. Truth still matters. And that's the work of artists. And that's the work of people who love art. So thank you for listening to me today. And uh, I love you all for your support. I love you all for your attention. And I know it's uh, an important commodity in today's world so I always want to try to add value to your world by contributing something for you to think about something to feel about so if I've done that today I'll call it a, a success and if I haven't I'll try again tomorrow that's all for now till next time peace Jake J. Thomas Dialogic Podcast